Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar here on night five of the PDC World Darts Championship. Uh, myself, Jack Garwood, and Charlie Hopper is back once again. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, good. Really good, mate. Um, you know, a really good day of darts. Um, and, you know, a day that I've managed to get to sit down and watch nearly all of it. Um, and, you know, some of the games I had on whilst I was at work, painting and stuff. So, yeah, there were some good games and, you know, it ended with a, with a, it ended in a really strange, strange way. But I'm sure we'll come on to that in a, in a couple of minutes. Is that work in inverted commas? It was me locking myself away in one of the hotel rooms and just painting whilst I uh, whilst I had it on. Not sure I was meant to, but I, I don't think my boss will be watching this. Um, but if he is, then I don't know if I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> That's definitely me playing the game, the video in the show as well. Sorry about that. Um, good evening to everybody in the chat room. How are we doing, folks? Plenty for us to discuss. Um this evening so uh i guess we should probably get on with it charlie uh, apologies in advance we don't have all of the video clips available just yet uh Barzi forgot to put them into the show and he's currently interviewing gerwin price but as soon as he's finished with gezi uh, he's going to pop them all into the software that we use so i can play them for you so we might have to go back to a couple of them um but we will start with the very first game uh which was a decent little battle this one, Charlie. It was Andrew Gilden against Rob Owen. Owen finished second on the Challenge Tour this year, earning himself a tour card. We've seen plenty of him down in Portsmouth at the Moda Super Series and, and various other events. Andrew Gilden has been a little bit resurgent this year since picking up his tour card start of 2021. But 2022 has been the year where Goldfinger has really kicked on, a few Pro Tour finals, etc. Uh, but this match was, was probably closer than most were expecting, I think. Yeah, and I mean to be quite honest with you, I I, I just didn't expect um, Robert Owen to have a cert, that certain reaction with the crowd in the first set of the match. I, I, that it took it threw me a little bit when I was watching the game because he he really gave it he gave it back to the crowd. And look, you know we don't get to hear what's what's said on TV, and 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 um, you know it seems to be muted a little bit. But yeah, it was it was a strange one, and for him to to take the opening set, it kind of it kind of gave him that that you know that impetus to to go on. But Andrew Gildon just he held in the game. He took his chances when he needed to, going two one up, and then having been pegged back, and then just taking control in the in the last set uh, was impressive. It was really impressive from Andrew Gildon. Um, he had to weather that early storm, but he did that really well, and you know he put pressure on uh, on Owen when he needed to. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a shock that it's taken us five days to get to this point, but today was the worst day we've seen from, from the crowd at the World Championship so far. They weren't good in, in, in this match, and it pretty much carried on throughout the entire the day. There's been the usual conversation online about the fact that a lot of people there aren't really fans. They're just there for the party atmosphere, beers, sing a few songs and whatever else. But the problem is that 
that's what this event has been marketed as and billed mm. as, and it's what PDC yeah. Darts has been billed as for a long, long time, right? And singing songs like Yaya and Colo Toy, I don't <laughs> have a problem with because you'd be miffed yeah. if you rocked up and there was no atmosphere whatsoever, right? People are, oh, feed the stands and stand up. You love the darts is boring. The Icelandic clap's boring. Yaya and Colo's boring. Uh, don't take me home. Why do they sing it after one song? Nobody's ever happy with anything. But then if you sit there in a silent crowd, everyone's like, what on earth is going on? Why is there no atmosphere? They were shocking tonight, etc. So it's about finding that balance. But yeah. it seemed to be that from the very first moment, the crowd overset the line tonight with Rob Owen. I've seen a couple of comments uh, on social media from Rob's partner. I've actually, I've actually spoken to Rob this evening as well. And there were comments being thrown at him, one about being Welsh and, and calling him a, a sheep yeah. shagger yeah. or whatever yeah. else. And there were also people that were mocking him and, and claiming he was disabled because he's wearing a knee brace as well. And uh, that didn't go down very well at all. So I think that's why we got the reaction we did from Rob Owen. Um, <clears throat> the problem is that obviously he's just defended himself at that point. But the minute you try and take on the Ali Pali crowd, rarely does it come out in your favour. And I feel that in the key moments in this game, that went against him because on those doubles, you're getting the, oh, that Andrew Gordon was just allowed to go about his business and, and, and get over the line. Yeah, and look, you know, I, I hope he's he's okay. Um, I think in that first game, we did hear if if anyone was watching it on Sky, we did hear the the, the chance. They were they were there. You could hear them. Whereas you know, in other games, they were maybe muted and 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 weren't. You couldn't hear that to what extent. But for him, I think once he got once he was one 0 up, he was fighting a battle against Andrew Gilding, but also against the crowd. And when it comes to those big moments, which we all talk about in, 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 you know, when he needs to, you know, for example, serve, um, you know, throw for a set, maybe when he needs the dart, they're going to be right behind him and they're going to really get on his back. Um, but again, you just don't condone, you just don't want that behavior, do you at all? And, and, and when really nasty stuff are being said towards him, it, there's just no, you know, there's no leg to stand on really with it. It's horrible. Yeah. It's just not nice at all. Performance-wise from Andrew Gilden, it wasn't well, it wasn't bad for either player. We saw eight one eighties between them. Uh, doubling percentages where Rob Owen's been let down in this one, just 27%, 10 from 36, Gilden 10 from 25 in the end. So they've actually won the same amount of legs, which is the niche part of set play. But when it comes down to it in that deciding set, it is Goldfinger that gets over the line. Uh, I'm just going to have a quick peek at who he plays next. Uh, Gilden, Gilden, Gilden. Dave Chisnell up next. That will be a tough test for Andrew Gilden, won't it? Oh, it'll be a tough test. Um, he'll have to improve on 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 his performance today, but it's still a standard performance. You know, a decent performance. Forty percent of his doubles, as you say, he was he was pretty good. Um, he was pretty decent, and and you know he hit a level. I know he obviously exceeded that level in the last set, but that will be a tough game. But there's no reason why he can't perform better and and cause a shock. No reason at all, especially as we've seen it on the floor from Andrew Gildin so far this year. As I said at the start of the show, if you just joined us, we don't have the clips ready as yet, uh, but as soon as they are ready, we'll play as many games as we've spoken about at that point, back to back to back. Um, so we'll play them for you as soon as we do get them. Uh, but that was match number one from this afternoon. Number two uh, saw the young Dutchman, Danny Janssen, the mullet, winner of Players' Championship 9 earlier in the year, taking on Paolo Nebreda. Uh, the Filipino qualifier from the Asian tour. Um, I want to I want to talk the Asian contingent in general to start with before we get too much in this match because I've been pretty impressed. them considering there hasn't been an Asian tour for yeah. the last couple of years due to COVID and, and and other reasons, and it's only starting up again this year. And the fact that a lot of them have been reduced to soft tip or whatever, been still steadily impressed by what they're capable of. They Christian Perez took Simon Whitlock close. Uh, was steady in the Grand Slam as well. Uh, we saw Alagan get through the first round, beaten in the second round. We saw Nebreda push Janssen all the way here. And I tweeted earlier, I don't think the Asian tour can come back soon enough. I think with more steel tip regular darts, a couple of years ago, we were seeing Alagan and Malikdom firing in nine darts on the Asian tour in semis and finals of streamed events. If they're doing that more and more week in, week out, I genuinely am starting to look at Asia, and in particular the Philippines at the minute, with Perez, Nebreda, Elaga Malik Dem as the next little hotspot for darts. I uh, I couldn't when you put that tweet out. I I couldn't agree more. That literally 
is it. The more exposure, the more opportunity these players get, the stronger they will get on, on stage. And we will see them and they'll be, become regulars on our screens. Um, you know, that it proves it um in, in the game that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna touch on. Yes, you know, it was it, it was double trouble for Nabrida, but after that, he really did give Danny Anson a scare. And that's what we're gonna see in games. These these Asian players who are gonna get the exposure, who are gonna get the constant practice and training that they need, will just go from strength to strength and will become regulars and will go deep in tournaments. Yeah, I feel that uh, Wayne Mardo got this spot on. I was having a, a little bit of back and forth with him on, on social media about it as well. And that mm. because of the way that soft tip is, and because of the fact that the boards don't accept darts at angles, they're so used to throwing flat, which is absolutely fine as a, as a technique. We saw Phil Taylor make the most of it for a long, long time, but I feel like they don't know then when to switch and when not to switch. I feel like it's just very much, we're just going to keep bombarding this, bombarding this, bombarding this. And that's, adding to the troublous visits that they're picking up and, and they're getting the deflections and that sort of thing. There's no, I, I don't think they know how to manipulate the dart enough to suit the way that they're throwing on a steel tip board, because obviously soft tip, the areas are bigger. All they've got to do is hit that part of the board, even if the dart doesn't stay in or whatever. And I think that's what's letting a few of them down at the minute, but they do all throw incredibly flat, but there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just in steel tip, there's an advantage to getting your darts to kick up because you open up the bed a bit more. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And again, um, I agree with that. And and I think, look, I think as you mentioned, the the return of the Asia Tour will be massively beneficial. I can only see positives to it, really. Um, and I think the this the opportunities that we're seeing now of these players is is brilliant. You know, it really is great for darts, and you know, it opens up the field. It, it lets us. I guess, warm to characters that we've maybe not seen. I'd have to agree. We'll talk about Landon Gates in a couple of, in a maybe, maybe 20 minutes or so. Again, You're talking about Landon Gates right am, now. Yeah, another you? character that you warm to. And these are the players that we don't see every week or every every tournament. But when they do come on, the characters to see. And, and they're pushing some of the best players all the way. Yeah, they are indeed. Uh, well done, Danny Anson. Obviously, moving on to the next round. We, we've seen what he's capable of. We've seen what his A game is at the very start of the year, winning... Pro Tours, etc. There were concerns when he was winning, and I think those concerns are being realised at the back end of this year. The expectation on him is that little bit better, greater now. The pressure on him because of that is a little bit greater. And technically, his action is not the most rigid. It's not the most sturdy. There are going to be wider darts. Uh, that's not the right word at all, but more varied. It's not going to be bang straight down the middle. You're going to get a little bit more variance in, in where he's throwing you're going to get looser darts etc and I think we're starting to see that a little bit now still very very young still got plenty of time in this game but I think nerves clearly played a part in this and obviously that action just not holding up um down the straight and narrow when he needs it yeah I mean I don't know if there'll be many opportunities that you average less than 75 in the first set and win uh, and and find yourself one nil up I mean he was lucky that his opponent had double trouble for the first two sets and and then after that, he just let his opponent back into the game. And, you know, again, his his doubling then became, you know, you, you want to get off the stage essentially. You've got you want to get the job done three nil three nil done. Nine percent, nine and a half percent on your on your doubles in the third set. <laughs> that it, it, you can't be doing stuff like that. And that gave him the opportunity to then come back into the game. Look, fair enough, he's got over the line, he's got the job done. But we are going to see that inconsistencies with his throw and his scoring. Um, you just got to hope that you know he, he he maybe will be looking to not be punished. But against those better players, when you when you maybe one of your darts goes a bit skew if up to the side of the treble twenty, he'll get punished. Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of conversation at the start of this as well about how Christoph Ratajski's in waiting and perhaps he hasn't had the best year compared to where he's been on the tour the last couple of years. Do you think that plays a part as well? Do you think? Players are always going to sit there and tell us that they're thinking about it one match at a time, one game at a time. We'll think about this one, then we'll think about the next one. But when you do get a segment of the draw that is considered a bit nicer, look, Retiring can still rock up an average 104 against him up on that stage for the entire match. But given his current form at the minute, he's one of the seeded players you would target. When you get that sort of draw, do you think players overthink it and start to try and push it that little bit more because they know that chance is waiting for them? 
I don't know. I think, look, I think everyone will say you've got to take it one game at a time. But yeah. I know darts and football is different. But when you look at the World Cup, for example, you will look at the draw and naturally you will pave the way for your side, won't you? You will look at, at who you may play in the next round. So you've got to look at it and, and see, well, I may come up against a certain player. But in the World Championships and on that stage, as we've seen tonight, anything can happen. So you've just got to, you have to take it one game at a time. And for Danny Jansen, 2-0 up in in dreamland, really, it almost slipped through his fingers. It did, but it didn't in the end for the mullet. The man won the best haircuts in darts, <laughs> or, or lack of haircut, pretty much. That's the issue with Danny Jansen. Uh, but we'll hear from him very, very shortly once we have that interview clip ready for you guys. Uh, third matchup and another one that on paper should have been very, very close. In fact, the bookies and our friends at Betfred did have Neil Zonavald favourite in this one. Uh, look, Louis Williams, when he first picked up a tour card, was incredibly exciting and was, was making deep runs in protocols, but hasn't quite played off again in, in the back end of 2022. Zonavald's been on the up perhaps a little bit more, but a straight sets victory for the younger Prince of Wales. Yes, there are two of them at the minute. Not sure how I feel about that. I know Phil Bars will be doing his absolute nutty. There's only one for him, and it's Richard Burnett. Um, but a, a solid performance from Louis Williams. Um, clinical, 40% on the doubles, 3-180s, 92 average. That's pretty solid for your World Championships performance in round one. But a, perform- but a result I never would have expected. Uh, I would have expected it to be a fifth set last leg decider between these two and he just completely blew him away. He performed so well and, you know, let's not forget, he almost pulled off an exceptional nine data, which would have just topped off a perfect performance from him. Impressive, really impressive. You've got to feel for Niels Onneveld though because, you know, the result has, has, has sort of has put his, his fate there in front of him, hasn't it really? And it's a shame for him but, I expected a closer game, and he just couldn't. He could. He couldn't stay in touch with with Williams. Yeah, look, it feels like this was just a matter of timing. There wasn't a massive difference between the performances. The one forties and one eighties are in um, Louis Williams' favour, but the, but the steady tons are in Zonavell's favour. They both finished pretty similarly, but Louis just bought himself so many more darts at double, and when he's had those opportunities, he's taken them. Yeah, and that's it. You know, he, he he had twelve more opportunities on the outer ring than than Niels Honneveld, and that and that basically proves it. You know, he was way ahead in the game. Um, he was impressive, and I just wish that that last start would have gone in. I really do because the whole place would have erupted, and it had just been it had been perfect for for everyone to see that. But you know, what a performance by him! Really, really impressive. Yeah, shades of Willie Borland just last year hitting an eye to win your first round match. However, that would have been a decided leg in a decided set. This would have been for a 3-0 straight set victory, uh, but a solid victory for Louis Williams nonetheless. Uh, on to the final game of the afternoon session, and our seeded player was number 17, Jose de Souza, taking on Simon Whitlock. Look, numbers-wise and average-wise, this tells you this wasn't the best of games, but actually this was thoroughly enjoyable they both missed shed load of doubles at exactly the same time. They both played their best legs against each other at the same time. There was 180s being chucked in that they were matching. This this just had everything. This was your typical Jose versus Simon Whitlock. You can get absolutely anything from these two performers. It was just I don't I don't even know what to say about this game. It was just incredible. The the first set was absolutely terrible. To watch it, I was just I was thinking, what is going on? Simon's setup for the big shots were exceptional. And he really was, he was reeling them off, and then his last start would let him down. Jose was just just didn't seem to be there at, 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 the, at the right time. And Simon rightly took a two 0 lead. And at that point, I thought this game is going one way, and it would be Simon Whitlock. But he talked about in his pre-match interview it would come down to the doubling <laughs> and it did just that. It was not, um, it was not a vintage doubling performance and it was just, it was comical at times, but look, D'Souza somehow, somehow got over the line in, in that one. It was, uh, yeah, I think Simon Whitlock probably will be sat in his hotel room tonight thinking, how have I let that one slip? Yeah. I said it at the start, but the best way to describe it, this game was fun, despite the yeah. fact there were moments of, Complete insanity, but that's exactly what you're going to get from these two players. Whitlock does take did take a two-set lead, 3-2 in both of those sets because it was tight, it was edgy. 
there were misses galore, but it was it was Whitlock that made the most of them. But then after that second break, it just felt like it fell apart from a little bit, didn't it? Jose winning three straight sets, Whitlock only picking up two legs in that time, uh, 3-0, 3-1, 3-1. Was it the big finishes that killed him, Jose? Three-ton pluses? Just at the complete wrong moments? It probably was just at the complete wrong moments. And, and you look at set three and set four, Simon had six opportunities on the outer ring. You know, within within two sets, Jose just just reeled him back in. The first the first to come back into it without dropping a leg, and then he comes in again with fifty percent on his double. Somehow he improves his doubling on the outer ring, and it just seemed to go wrong for Simon. And at two all, you kind of felt like the writing was on the wall at that point. Um, and Jose just got the job done. He's had a pretty poor year, in all fairness. And that was it was weird because in on on his Sky interview, he'd said how good a year he'd had. And then when he came off and he said he'd had such a poor year. But look, he's got the job done, hasn't he? That, that's that's what we always talk about. Um, it wasn't vintage, but as you say, it was it was fun to watch because you did not know which way it was going to go. Are we going to accuse him of playing mind games a bit there? Or are we going to say it's like he's counting and he didn't have a bloody clue what was going on? Uh, well, there's a, there was a couple of games tonight where certain players didn't have a clue what they were going on with counting. We're going to get to them. Uh, as I said, we're still waiting on interview clips to be uploaded. Oh, what do we have? We have the first few. Right, let's go back through the first half. We'll go through the afternoon session and hopefully we'll get the evening session. So we will do those in order. So we'll start with Goldfinger Andrew Gildin. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'd, I've forgotten what it's like, to be honest. Um, I, I I never get an easy game at the Alley Pally, is what I think. <laughs> uh, it seems to go to the last set or last leg or something. But I'm so happy, especially with the crowd there, so so vocal today. Second player to mention that this week, Martin Lukeman was like, I thought it would just be like Blackpool, but totally shocked by the atmosphere of the Alexandra Palace. Uh, next up is Danny Janssen. Let's see what the young Dutchman had to say. Yeah, it was a real battle. It was my first time and I was really nervous because, yeah, this is the World Championship, you know, and the words say it, this is where everybody wants to be. And... Finally, I'm really happy that I win. It was not good, it was not bad, but it needs better. I know that for the second round, but yeah, I'm just happy that I win. And that's all that matters for me now. Professional response from the 20-year-old. Expect absolutely nothing, let's give him nothing away. Uh, on to Louis Williams. Let's see what the youngster had to say. No, not really. That's one thing I learned, not to put too much pressure on myself. Um, I just thought, if I lose my talk, I lose my talk. It is what it is. It's my own fault for not putting the effort in. But I thought, if I have a big push at the end of the year, get that one or two wins or something I get, and then I've kept my talk out. I know I've done myself proud. Because that's, that's the goal I set from two years ago when I got my talk out. I thought, just secure it at the end of the two years, getting that top 64. And go from there. But I've, I've, I've achieved a lot more. I've played in the Worlds twice, and I, I never really thought that'd happen, to be honest with you. Have you felt the pressure a little bit? Because even before you got your card, you were being spoken about so much that Louis Williams was the next cab off the rank that was going to come through and, and do major things. Have you felt that pressure and expectation? Yeah, I'm not like there, there, there is a slight feel of pressure, I suppose, when everyone's talking about you that highly. Um, and like I said, I've dropped off. That's just due, due to myself and what I've got going on, I suppose. But, um, yeah, there is that pressure, but I'm just hoping to live up to the expectations again now and just go from there. Solid from Louis talking about the pressure from when he first burst onto the scene. And we close out the afternoon with Jose de Salsa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, uh, after the second vaccine, as I explained um, some time ago, um, they affect me, my muscles, nerves and everything, you know. And after the world match play, I start to play better again. Not solid, but I start to play some or make some good performance. Um, it's in, in some way, it's like I see the light in the end of the tunnel, you know. Um, and right now, I know I, I can change the game. I, I changed the game today. Um, it's just some kind of big mentality I have. Um, to make uh, or, or to change the things in, in the right moment. Interesting to hear from Jose. Still referencing those vaccines that he had. That really did seem to throw off his game uh, in the middle of 2021. 
Uh, but it does seem to be on the way back up here in 2022. Uh, I'm going to cut away from the PDC World Championship very, very quickly because I've got another interview waiting in the back end or another clip, shall we say. Uh, the JDC World Youth Championship final took place before the start of play this afternoon, uh, and that was won by none other than Luke Littler. He won 5-0 in the final, and we do have a short clip from Luke after his win. I think I can give everyone a good game. I've been at Lakeside, got to the last 32. Um, but yeah, I think I could just give anyone a game and I can't wait to start development tours and I'll have a crack at the UK Open qualifiers as well. On the development tours, obviously we've seen so many great players come through that system. Do you want to emulate them and do you think you can go and do real damage on the development tour this year? Yeah, obviously I'm still so young, 15, but people say I need time to get the experience, but I honestly think I've got the experience already and I think I could just go on to the development tour and do quite well. Scary thought that Luke Littler, a player of his calibre, is only just about to turn old enough to go and take on the development tour in 2023. That'd be really interesting to see how he gets on. I've already seen Henry Coach from the JDC move up and make that move, and he made some deep runs last year as well. And Luke's outperformed him at times on the JDC, so let's see what he's capable of. Uh, right, moving on to the evening session then, and we start uh, what, exactly where Charlie wants to be for pretty much the rest of the afternoon. Uh, we are talking about Sir Leonard of Gates is where we're going to go with that one, mate. Take it away, basically. Oh, mate, uh, although it threw my acker into the mud, um, it was a... Oh, it's just so good to watch. From the moment he came on the stage, I was just loving it. I just think he's he's he just doesn't look like he's all there. He, he just it, it's like he doesn't process what's going on. In he missed the big number. Um, there were moments when he he just was he was just asking the referee what the what the score was, what he what he what he left. It was honestly, it was just everything all into one. Um, and to be quite honest with you, Gert, Gert Nenches should have. Should have should have really, with the quality that he's got, should have cruised it. And to be honest, last night you touched on how if we see his um, if we see his A game, then he will blow him away. I don't know what game that was, but I felt very sorry for the young lad because he struggled tonight. Yeah, there was just no conviction in the performance from Gerton Nenchez at all tonight, was there? It was just sort of... It was almost hitting and hoping, wasn't it, in football? Like, oh, just have a shot from back here, see what happens, sort of thing. Or, or just having a bash on a pool table or a snooker table, not expecting anything to go in there. There was no conviction to that performance from Gerton Enches. It was almost like he got up there, it wasn't working for him, and that was it. That was the mindset for the rest of the evening, no matter how it went. It was just, I'm just going to keep doing this and doing this. There was nothing I can do to change it, nothing I can do to, to up this performance. It's not happening for me, and I'm just going to accept how this turns out. It, yeah, and look, if he turned up and, and played the game that we know he can, he'd have he'd have blitzed tonight. He'd have won the game, and he would be he'd be in the next round. But it just didn't work, and I, I, and I think they touched on his confidence as well during the game, and he clearly just didn't believe that 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 his game was going to win him was going to win him it tonight. And look, Leonard Gates just just hung in there. He was he was pretty clinical at times early on in the in the in the game. His, his doubling was was exceptional, but. It was just it was box office to watch, and I was I was loving it. I was laughing my head off at him, um, and you know, it, it, good to see, good to see a bit of a surprise there. Yeah, look, we said this about the the Simon Whitlock Jose de Souza game, but this level average wise was was even worse by four or five points. <laughs> and we've just described it as box office. There aren't many players you can describe an eighty average or an eighty one average yeah. as box office. John Norman Jr. springs to mind because the man's an absolute lunatic. But it seems to be if they come from North America, they're entertaining. Danny Baggish is good to watch, despite the fact he very rarely goes over the hundred mark. It's just a trait perhaps that they bring that they are all showmen at this rate. Yeah, and I think that Leonard Gates was just loving it up there, wasn't he? He was he was loving every every moment of being up there. And yeah, look, I think as the game went on and it progressed, he he, he just he started to to gain confidence, and his facial expressions when things didn't go right were just, oh, it was great, it was brilliant, it was. I can't wait till he's till he's next on the stage. Yeah, a, a word on the crowd. Considering they seem to hate everybody that isn't from England, I've never heard a more pro-American crowd in the UK in my life. The USA chants were going off. Leonard Gates was trying to get them to do the the three. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hundred sparse. What is your profession chart? Yeah. Off at the end, it was bizarre. It was, yeah. Every time he won a leg, it was just USA, USA. It was, <laughs> it was, it was mental. But I think they warmed to him, especially with the yeah. way he came out from um, during his song. It was just, it was, it was great, and they warmed to him at that point. And yeah, he, you know, he took the crowd under his wing and and got him over the line. Did indeed. Let's hear from Leonard Gates in his post-match press conference. Oh, yes, definitely it is. But I want to say to North America, if you're thinking about coming over here and doing this, you know, I I know they do a lot of having a good time. Okay, if you're serious about darts, put the good time aside. Come play darts first, then have your good time. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's, that's a key note because over here they do darts all year around, and they do a serious. So if we want to be a part of this, we definitely got to get serious. I'm struggling to take that. The man that's just danced his way on stage, can't <laughs> count, messed around all night, charted USA with a crowd and done a spot. I think has just gone, we've got to take this serious. If that's not taking it serious, I dread to think. <laughs> if that is him taking it serious, I dread to think what him pissing around looks like, wouldn't you? I know, I know. I just, I just think it's great. I just think it's brilliant. And and you know, telling people to you know to have the good times after you've played darts, I really would love to see what um <laughs> what that looks like when he pisses around. One day I'm going to go over to the states and watch a CDC event. 100. Um, percent Right, we're going to move on to the next one, and it's another uh, CDC player we get to talk about in Upfair with the biggest comeback we've seen. Look, not in terms of average or, or stunning performance or anything like that, but in terms of being on the absolute depth. I think there's only one other player that springs to mind that we have seen a comeback like this from, and it was Ricky Evans from two sets down, two legs down, facing match starts, surviving six match starts. David Cameron, the world seniors master, survives that from Richie Edhouse, then wins nine out of the next ten legs to reel off a 3-2 sets win. Just, I just couldn't believe when it was unfolding. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, last night you you, you said if, if Cameron was to win, it would not be a surprise. But, but he was 2-0 down. He was, his back was against the wall. There was, the, in in the way I saw it, was that Richie Edhouse was going to win. You know, I saw that, that the game was was done. It was done and dusted. And for him to fight back like he did in, in, the, in the manner that he did, Unbelievable, unbelievable, and you know, really was great to see. And you know, what a way of of, of knocking out someone like Richie Edhouse, who's scoring power is so prolific. You know, what a performance to come back from from you know being on the verge of being knocked out. Yeah, Richie Edhouse has fired in eight maximums tonight in the first round, and is still on his way home. Three uh, 0 first set, three two second set. You just felt at that point that it was going Ed House's way. I'll be honest, even as someone that supports the world seniors in the way that I do, I didn't see this comeback happening. Cameron was struggling to hit tops. Tens was sort of there to bail him out, but at times wasn't. Ed House was scoring better. Double 20 seemed to be at the end of a piece of string every time he needed it, every time he needed to make the most of a David Cameron miss. And the setup play, I thought, from Cameron was what was lacking in those first couple of sets. Scoring-wise, he'd match Richie to about the mid-200s and then there'd be a slip. And it felt like it was every single leg. And it just put Richie a dart or two ahead every single time. 
But the comeback from that moment was absolutely superb. The more and more he built in confidence, i tell you what swung it for me. Treble 19 hitting on that comeback was superb. It was there every single time he needed to bail him out. Yeah, and that's what's going to stand him in good stead. I mean, look, Richie Eddowes, his scoring is prolific. And that's what we've seen tonight with 8-180. So I think for, for, for Cameron, OK, look, it... it the first two sets were 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 you know he was outplayed, but then from to go from an eighty five average in the third set to jump to a ninety eight and then a ninety two average, what a performance to roll back the years like he has done there, and and for Richie Eddowes, he it, I don't really know where it went wrong for him to be honest. I think well, we say just... roll back the years. Look, David Cameron is a world senior, but without yeah. being disrespectful, his world championship record is crap. Yeah, at the late side, yeah. it is not as good as, as what he's capable of for a man that's qualified as often as he had. The run to the world, Mar- the, the seniors' world masters was was very very solid. Double top was definitely a key factor in that point there. But when that was missing for him to start, you felt like there would be trouble here. Um, but as we said, superb. There is a couple more talking points. The Ali Pali wasp was back on his shoulder for pretty much all of that comeback. Do you know what? I am not a suspicious man, right? I don't believe in any of that. But the minute Russ Bray took it off his shirt somewhere in the fourth set, I was like, if this goes to hell now, I am coming for you, Russ Bray, because it was fantastic to watch. Yeah, it was. It was. And and just just the, the, the angle of camera behind him as well, just to see it perched on his shoulder and sat there, just clinging on. Um, and that he didn't even know it was there. Um, it was. Uh, seem to know that it was back at the end no. of when Polly was interviewing him at the end. Eva, like Russ has knocked it off. Not even sure he's told him what's going on. Then it's back again. And then it disappears, and she's like, "Oh, did you know you had a wasp on you for four sets?" No, no, it didn't have a clue. But yeah, look, you know, some people will believe in things like that. But whatever it was, um, what a performance by him! Yeah, especially to close out the match. By the way. He nearly won nine straight legs. He thought he'd won nine straight legs to check out 92. He's miscounted, gone 25-17 and hit tops for, for what felt like the first time in the match first start as well. It was almost it was just sod's law, wasn't it? That he finally yeah. hits it, but actually he wanted the bullseye in that moment to respond and go Tom 40, Tom 40, Tom 40 in the next leg. Just shows a, a mental toughness from Cameron that could take him a little bit deeper into this tournament. Yeah, and especially with the longevity of the game. Um, I mean, you know, I know five sets isn't isn't the longest form we will play in this tournament, and you know, for for some of these plays it isn't. But to be two 0 down, you, you you're staring, you know, you're staring at an exit, and he will have been, you know, he will naturally have thought of that. So to, for him to 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 endure that that pressure that he did early on to keep in the game, and then just slowly reel it off as he did, and put pressure on Edhouse was impressive. Yeah, really impressive. Uh, no David Cameron clip for you guys. I blame Barzi. It's on his other computer to the one he's uploaded it to. But the interview is available in full on our YouTube channel. So once the show's finished, obviously you guys can just head over there and catch up with that one if you so wish. Uh, Danny Nopper awaits for Excalibur in the next round. So that could be a really interesting battle. Look, Danny Nopper's gone a level above, but Cameron produces what he did in them final three sets. We could be in for a real tight battle. Uh, something that wasn't a tight battle was the next game. Danny Van Tripp, uh, the challenge tour number three, who's about to pick up a tour card because Scott Williams is about to earn his outright. Uh, blowing away the 1996 World Champions TV and 32nd straight World Championship appearance. But it just did not happen for Steve Beaton tonight, despite all the build-up, all the promo, all the hype and, and celebration that he'd been there for so long and so consistent, but blown away by Danny Van Tripp tonight. Yeah, just just didn't work for him, did it tonight? It didn't go at the time when he needed it. And yeah, look at Danny Van Tripp, the debutant. That was impressive, you know, impressive from him. He, he, okay, he wasn't, he wasn't probably pushed as hard as he could have been, but a steady, you know, 86, 82, 91 average across the, the three sets. Yeah, Steve Beaton probably should have taken the third set and, 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 the the match the match would have you know gone on for a little bit longer but you you do have to feel for him because it just didn't work for him and and he will know from the experience that he's got that some days you go up on the stage and it just doesn't click for you and it didn't but Danny Van Tripp he had to do the job and and he did it pretty convincingly yeah look we spent a lot of this season talking about Steve Beaton and how potentially he was at risk of losing his tour card he secured that 
pretty early on, considering and, and booked his spot here at the World Championship and was pretty content with that. Do we think that his lack of match practice since, though, has, has held him back a little bit here? Beaton's played all the Pro Tours and everything else, but there is quite a big gap between that and the Players' Championship finals and then coming here. Whereas Danny Van Tripp had been involved in the Moda Super Series. He was in the Netherlands at the Winmar World Masters. Uh, he's had plenty of match practice in the last few weeks. He probably comes into this sharper than Steve Beaton, and it showed up on that stage. Yeah, 100%. I, th- I think that probably is the, um, you know, look, Steve Beaton's had so much experience on that stage, but if you haven't had the running that you've wanted in terms of match practice, you will be naturally rusty. And, and Danny Van Tripp wasn't. He came straight in, hit the ground running, got going nice and early and, yeah, blew him away, really. Yeah, a bit of a strange action, but it's one that just yeah. seems to work for him as well, isn't it? Look, it must be difficult as well because like, I'm six foot one and I, th- I think I'm OK. But any taller, I might be struggling. I've got people, friends that are much taller than me. The Dutch are the tallest nation in the world. It is not easy throwing from the height that a lot of them come in at. And Danny Van Tripp is not small either. It, it must be difficult for them to, to adjust their actions to that because they are probably too tall. The large majority of ones that, that are making the pro, Gert Nenchez is not short. We've seen Van der Voort have back issues, Clearmacker, Van Tripp. They're a big bunch. Benito van der Pass, another who had a, a strange action because of his size. And possibly that contributes to the reason why it's not as traditional as perhaps we see from others. Yeah, exactly that. And the names you've been reeling off there, some of the tallest players that we have um, on 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 within the darting community, really. And yeah, strange action when I was watching. I was, ooh, it's a bit strange, isn't it? But it, it seems to work for him. I mean, we see a lot of these players like like Gert Nenches, who, you know, obviously he's, he, he seems to slope forward a little bit, doesn't he, in the way that he's, he, he throws that. Daniel Chip just seems to be straight up. Yeah, he's just up, and it just works for him. And and to be fair to him, if it works, if it clicks, yes, we don't know because obviously he's still young. We don't know how it will affect him in the future with with back issues, etc. But what is quite scary is another Dutch dart star that we're seeing on our screens. Is indeed. Obviously, we will see him. We'll see him more in this tournament. We'll also see him on tour next year. Obviously, he's about to pick up a tour card as well. Yeah, Miss Vincent Camphouse as well. To be fair. Uh, another player in that category. Danny Van Tripp, unfortunately, falls in the same category as David Cameron. Uh, his clip isn't available for us in this show, but it is available in full for you guys to go and pick up on the channel. Make sure you've liked this video and subscribed so you don't miss out on any more uploads as well. Uh, on to the final match of the night. It's amazing how quickly it is. <laughs> Suddenly, I thought, oh, we're absolutely cruising for time. Suddenly, we've been on the air for 40 minutes and we've still got to do predictions for tomorrow. But thankfully, there is only four games tomorrow, just an evening session for us to talk through, but some big talking points tomorrow night as well. A big talking point was nearly the potential upset of Gerwin Price because after the first set, Luke Woodhouse was absolutely flying against the world number one, uh, but he just could not sustain that throughout any of the rest of the match. And Gerwin Price gets over the line with a 3-1 victory. Um, Charlie, tell us how you thought about this one. I think Luke Woodhouse should, this evening, have have been interviewed following a win. That's a, that's That was my genuine feeling. Because after that first set, look, he's never going to... If he keeps that up, fair play. If you keep that up. And he's hit a level, but I did not expect the drop-off as it was. And I felt... I just felt so sorry for him because it just didn't work up there. After that first set of, of blowing going Price out the way and then they, they started to go on going Price's misses and, and she looked concerned. And, and I, think, I, think every, I think a lot of people were thinking we may have a big upset on our hands. Somehow... Going Price has dodged a bullet tonight. Yeah, look, I think that first set was the realisation of, of what a lot of people in darts know is just how good Luke Woodhouse can be. Yeah. The other three sets was Luke Woodhouse realising I'm suddenly not at that level and I need to be to beat Gerwin Price. It, there was no belief from Luke Woodhouse that his B game was capable of putting away Gerwin Price, even though I think most will admit the world number one was there for the taking tonight. A few good moments. The 150 in particular was superb. Two maximums, 34% on the doubles is, is steady enough from Gezi. But a 92 average from the world number one in round two is, is there for the taking from a player who's started the way he has. But I think because he wasn't straight away back at that level that he found in the first set, just spiralled down and down and down throughout the performance. And 
just the darts looked like he throws quite a light dart, but they looked so heavy on him constantly. Yeah, I mean, look, the first set, the darts were just dreamy from him. They were unbelievable the way that they were coming out. They were into the board exactly where he wanted them to. After that, they were wayward. They really were wayward. And and, and I think he completely lost control of what he was doing. It, it just spiralled, as you say. It was out of control. It was spiralling. And Going Price just, just did what Going Price does. When the big moments came, he... He came, but Luke Woodhouse, you've got to feel for him tonight. You really do, because that first set was unbelievable. The rest just he, he just couldn't he just couldn't find it. I suppose that's one of the beauties of this sport, isn't it? You can't play for time. You can't wait for your opponent to collapse. You have to get over the line yourself. And look, it was a long way from getting over the line in the end, losing three one, tighten that second set back. Maybe he knew at that moment when he, he missed darts for that second set, didn't he? That Gezi gets away one, you give a little bit of a roar, then you're off stage thinking about it as well, by the way. No coincidence that falls apart two sets after that, after he has to go off stage. No break again for him to go away and recompose. If there was another break and there was somebody there to just have a word of him and go, actually, keep going, you're still in this. Don't overdo it. He's there for the taking, that sort of thing. We possibly, again, might have been talking about a different result tonight, but the break comes after set one and set two, and after that, going price had him exactly where he wanted him. Yeah, and the the break came at, at that second break came perfect for going price. If he went in two nil down, he would really have. I, I don't think he'd have come back from it. But to to be to be going in at one all to feel like you, you're back in the game. Um, the raw came out. It was yeah, it was it was it was at the right time for him. And then once things got out of control for Luke Woodhouse, there was no escaping. It was just one way traffic for him all the way um, to the end of the match, which was a shame to see. But we. We saw in glimpses the capability of, of, of Luke Woodhouse. We did indeed. Let's then hear from Gerwin Price, who makes his way into round number three in his post-match press conference. Like when my back's against the wall, I need to have those big moments there, there. But you know, I'd rather not put myself in those situations all the time where I'm having to hit big checkouts or ball finishes where I slip up and hit a treble five. So yes, um, it's some positives to come out of it, but a lot of negatives from today. But no, the, the first and foremost was just to win the game, get through the first round. Like I said, go home, come back after Christmas, and I'm sure I'll be 100% better. Yeah, it always affects me. I mean, it's tough. You know, it's even today as well. You no know, first set, I lose, and then crowd gets on your back a little bit. I try and not react like I have in you know previous years, and sort of just contain myself, keep myself. Composed, and I think I'd done that pretty well today until I won the second set, and I let myself go. But yes, yeah, it's, um, it's difficult to try and not let yourself go over the top. And a couple of times today I did, but it was just those vital moments. But yeah, it's difficult out there playing against any player. But when the crowd are on your back as well, is is extra extra difficult. But yeah, I, I come through a, a difficult game, but Luke didn't play no any what he could. Is it frustrating that it happens here more than anywhere else? Because obviously we follow the tour, and across the year it's been been relatively good, apart from here. Yeah, it's, it's been good everywhere. I mean, you know, the majority of the fans and majority of the players in this tournament are English, so you're going to get it. It's just how well you can deal with it. And yeah, thankfully I come through this game, but I'm playing maybe a Dutchman, <laughs> maybe an Englishman. I don't know where I want to play in the next one. It's going to be difficult, wherever. Yeah, honest from Gezi as he looks ahead. And to be fair, he reiterated some things that he spoke about pre-tournament as well, quite a women exhibition uh, just over a week ago. And he said, look, just get through this first round, get myself back here after Christmas. It's almost like two different tournaments at that point. He's done that job now and he can start thinking about defending some more of that winner's prize money from two years ago. Right, that is uh, today's that's uh, all wrapped up. All that's left for us to do is look ahead to tomorrow. Just a four-game slate. Uh, tomorrow night. Um, no afternoon session. I'm not really sure why. It's one of the only days where there is just an afternoon session. But as a man whose sleeping pattern is a little bit messed up right now, I'm not going to complain at all. It means I get a bit more of a lion. Uh, but there is four games for us to discuss, Charlie, which means we can probably give a little bit more opinion on them as well. And we start with Jim Williams against Sebastian Bielecki. How do you feel about this one? Good game. Great game to start off the evening. Um, it, it, this game could go either way. Sebastian Bielecki is a, is a solid player as is Jim Williams, um, a player that has continuously grown um through the games that we've seen him. Uh, I think he I think Jim Williams wins this. 
Um, I'm going to go 3-2. I think this could go all the way. Um, whether the last set is is close and it goes to sort of a last um, a last leg decider, that, that remains to be seen. But I think Jim Williams just has enough to get over um, Sebastian Bielecki. But again, this one could be a coin toss to see who wins. Yeah, this is a really intriguing one. I'm still not sure we've ever seen Jim Williams' best game on TV, ever. Uh, and he's not. it doesn't look to me like the sort of person that ever settles up on a stage. He always looks nervous, and I'm not sure if that's just natural demeanour or what, but he always looks that little bit uncomfortable. And if Bielecki can start how we know he can, we've seen him make runs at the UK Open, we've seen him play in the Super Series earlier in the year, he's more than capable. And because of that, I think I'm going to shade Bielecki now. I think I'm going to go 3-2 that way. I think the youngster's a great talent. He's not one that there's an awful lot of attention on as well, which means that we know what he's capable of, but he's also been allowed to just grow and develop at his own rate. And because I think he's got a chance here, I'm going to say he wins this one 3-2. Uh, Jack's got Williams 3-1. Tommy's got Jack, uh, Williams 3-2 as well. Uh, Bob's got Sebastian 3-2. Uh, Anon's got Bielaki 3-2 as well. He says Williams not in great form. Uh, then uh, Pat Everett's got Williams 3-1, uh, which would knock Ron the bomb to Q school. That's a big factor as well, actually, one to think about uh, Q uh, tour cards on the line. And Jim Williams 3-1 says Sam. On to the second game of the evening. It's Jamie Hughes, uh, Yozza up against Jimi Hendrix. How do you feel about this one, Charlie? Another really good game. I mean, they, they keep coming, don't they? they, they, they these games are, are, are really tough to call. I think... Um, I, I'm going to side with Yozza. I think he's he's got experience on that stage. Um, I think he knows he knows obviously how to perform on the stage. He's, he's coming off the back of of a couple of you know decent performances. Um, I think he wins. I think he wins three one. Um, I think he just has a little bit too much. But you know you can never um, write off Hendrix. It, again, this game could be a, a could be a classic. Um, but I think Yozza will just have a little bit too much for him. Yeah, look, I think Jamie Hughes is, is the better dart player of these two, pretty comfortably. But he always seems to find a way into battles and scraps and make this a lot harder than it should be. And because of that, I'm going to say it's a five-setter, but I do think Yozza gets over the line, but it will not be pretty free-flowing that we saw from him when he won the, the Czech European Tour two, three, four years ago, whatever it was, in, in the sweltering heat. That's what Jamie Hughes is capable of. Whether or not he produces that tomorrow is a different matter. But I'm going to say he wins this one 3-2. Uh, Tommy's got Hughes 3-1. Pat Everett's got Yozza 3-2. Uh, Jack's got Hughes 3-2. Daniel's got Hughes 3-1, as has Bob. Uh, Sam's got Yozza 3-0. Andrew's got Hughes 3-2. And Anon's got Hughes 3-2 as well. Not a single person backing Jimmy in this one. Not to be confused by Jerry as well, who feels like a fish. Uh, this could get a little bit confusing. Uh, on to the third game of the evening and the final ladies player takes to the stage. The Queen of the Palace returns, Fallon Sherrock, to take on rapid Ricky Evans. Charlie, talk to us about this one. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Ricky Evans in this one. Um, I just think Fallon Sherrock's been... I don't think she's been at her best recently. Um, I think she's had a bit of... There's been a bit of talk about her, hasn't there, from a lot of people, and 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 you know people have, have kind of got on her back, and and I think Ricky Evans will will win this one. It's 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 tough to see whether Sh Sh Fallon gets a a, a set on the board. Um, I'm going to probably go three one um, or three nil just to sort of sit on the fence. I think it, it goes it goes in that way of Ricky Evans's favour. It's just whether Fallon gets a set on the board or not. Interesting. I, I've done some digging on this one because I see there's clearly a lot of attention on this one as well. Ricky Evans' season average is 92. right? And a few weeks ago, I'd have been very, very concerned about Fallon. But after a performance in the Moda Super Series that didn't get out of the group, but it was a, a tough group, there were plenty of performances in there that were mid to high 90s and above. The finishing looks a lot better. The setup play looks a lot better. Scoring will be here or there. Like, that doesn't matter. And if the crowd do get on... Ricky's back a little bit, as has been known in the past. I think he could be in for a tough test here. However, if the Fallon of the World Series rocks up, I think she's in a lot of trouble here because I, I think he'll just go through the motions, go through the gears and do what he needs to. It depends how much attention there is pre-match media tomorrow as well as, as to how that she's, she's professional in it now, but there's still that just let Fallon play for a while and, and let her get back to that level. Um 
However, I still think Ricky wins this one. But I'm going to say 3-2. I'm going to say he's pushed, and I'm going to say he, he gets over the line in that final set. Um, Tommy's got Evans 3-2 as well. Daniel's got Evans 3-1. Ricky's got Evans 3 uh, Bob's got Ricky Evans 3-1. Uh, Pat Evans got Rapid 3-0. Um, Jack says Fallon could win, but Evans 3-2. Uh, Evans 3-1, unless he's crap, in which case Sherrick 3-1... Two two horse rakes, unless one of them is crap. I love that prediction. Uh, Evans three 0 Ricky three one. Bring on a YMCA walk on. You can't boo the man. The PD, we said that about a number of players in the last couple of years. Ricky Evans is probably on that list as well. But if any crowd can, it's the Alexander Palak crowd. Uh, Don Messer says, "I feel the can't lose." Fallon wins. Uh, we move on to the final game of the evening. And it is the five-time world champion, uh, Raymond Van Barneveld, uh, back in a seeded spot at the Alexander Palace, taking on Ryan Meikle, who perhaps wasn't as impressive the other night as many thought that he could be, but this should be a real tight battle. It should be. Um, Ryan Meikle's probably one of the, the lesser enjoyable players that I like watching, um, just with how slow his action is. Um, but I think he will improve from his victory over Lisa Ashton. Um, look, the last two last two times these these two have played each other, which have been in the players' championships, it's it's gone to a last leg decider. So I don't think there'll be much in it. I think Barney wins three two. I think it's a really good high quality game, um, but I just think. At, at, at the right time, the doubles will will come for Barney. Um, but Ryan Meikle has has to improve from his performance against Lisa Ashton. If he doesn't, then Barney will just will 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 beat him comfortably. If he does and he plays like we know he can, it could be a very very tight affair. Yeah, you sort of feel sorry for Meikle, by the way, because he takes on Barney, who's won five world titles. I've just double. Is Lisa won four or five? I lose track. But either way, he's taken on more world titles in two players than pretty much anybody else is going to in the entire tournament. Um, he's more than capable of winning this game, but that mini resurgence from Barney. If, if Barney hadn't have gone and beaten Gerwin Price twice at the Grand Slam, I'd be backing Ryan Meikle here. But there's just that Barney on TV. There's that love affair that's yeah. back him a little bit. He's going to get support from the crowd. 100%. The Barney Army are going to be back in full chant because he hasn't done anything in recent memory to piss people off, like promising that he's going to play the entire tour and then disappear into an exhibition instead yeah. of a pro tour to save his card. That sort of that sort of decision. And he hasn't done that for so long now that everyone's just back in love with the man, the myth, the legend, Raymond Van Barneveld, if you like. So because of that, I'm going to say Barney wins this one 3-1. But like I said, Ryan Meikle is, is more than capable of winning this one. Uh, Jack's got Barney 3-2. Tommy's got Barney 3-1, as has Bob and Pat Evera. Uh, Sam says, very impressed with Meikle recently. I fancy the shock in this game. He's going Meikle 3-1. Uh, Anon says Van Barneveld 3-2 with some nerves. Uh, Barney 3-2 for Andrew. And Ryan wins. Barney too self-aware, says Don Messer. An interesting group of predictions from you guys there. And we really do appreciate you getting involved as ever. But that is time to end tonight's show. Thank you very, very much for watching us here at Online Darts. A few quick reminders. Make sure you've liked this stream and hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any content for the rest of the year. Uh, plenty more interviews to come your way from this tournament and heading into 2023, including our world-famous now Q-School coverage that we're making very strong plans for right now. Uh, make sure you follow us on socials, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and all the like. Uh, and make sure you're back to join us tomorrow night uh, for the Fallout Bar on day number six. A big thank you to everybody in the chat room, to everybody listening back to this as a podcast, and to Charlie for joining me this evening on the show. Uh, we will see you all very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.